Welcome to the Tejas Law PLLC podcast and video blog. This show is brought to you by Tejas Law PLLC, a defendant's law firm guiding you to a new beginning. You can email us at service at tejaslaw.com or find us at www.tejaslaw.com. Warning. This show contains live recorded footage. Parental guidance, although not generally necessary, is suggested. All right, welcome to the Teach Us Law Show, where the topics are random, the jokes don't make sense, and your host may not be coherent. Every show is comprised of a 22-minute segment which revolves around a topic drawn randomly from a hat of legal topics. Each guest is given one week to prepare, and we use a rapid-fire method of discussion. How are you doing, Sahil? I'm, I'm tired, actually. I've been here so, since 7.30 this morning. I had to have my wife drop me off because... Um, so I don't know if you, if you if you know drop this. you off. Don't you walk like? Don't you lift two blocks no, no, no. from here? It's it, yes, yes, and I should be walking, but I I didn't walk. Um, yeah. So uh, I I do live just a couple of blocks away, but I decided that because it was raining, um, I would not take my little, um, I would not take my Harley Davidson. Um, instead, I would take um, the the SUV. <laughs> but my wife needed it today, so I decided then that she would need to drop me off um with that being said um we've been recording for the last uh 43 45 seconds now um so your alphabet thing is gonna be yeah i knew you was trolling me Um, yeah it um, is what it is so we have here today well let me let me let me do this correctly this is the tj slaw show my name is sahil patel um this is episode i believe eight um we have a secret episode six that has not been published yet. Um, it is the episode with Lindsay Myers, um, which had some technical difficulties, so we've decided to re-record that episode. But big shout out to Lindsay. When you are again in the Orlando area, I would like to have you in so we could do it right. Um, all right, so uh, today's guest is the one and only... Um, uh, because it is only one and only, um, Rasul Buyan. Did I say that right? No, you didn't. Okay. It's Rasul Buyan, but that's okay. I love you, man. All right. So let's and I'm not the one and only because we just did a LinkedIn search and like 15 other Rasul Buyans popped up. That's actually true. But in so how, how do you say your name? It's Rasul. It's Rasul. You keep saying Rasul. Rasul? Yes. So how is it? Why is it spelled R-A-U-S-I-L? It's R-A-I. We literally just did a LinkedIn search. What are you talking about? We okay. li- like it wasn't even five minutes ago. So we we have Rasul here today, and Rasul, just just t- give us two minutes about you. Tell us tell us about yourself in just a quick two minutes. Sure, me. I hate that question. Personally, me um went to undergrad in St. Lawrence University. Like you, I also went to Barry Law School. Um. I like anime, I like manga, because that's what I've been into lately. I also like learning, I like reading, um, I like just literature in general. You know, that's that's pretty much it. Um, we became friends recently. We didn't even become friends until after we graduated from Barry. But, you know, it was, it was um, that's just me. I'm pretty optimistic, I like to think of myself as... Um, cheerful guy but I'm also you know one of the most anxious people you'll ever meet that's um I know that's not much of an introduction or a pitch like thank god this isn't a sales pitch but if it were um that's just pretty much it that's who I am I think if I had to like sum up one word that described me it's probably optimistic like I I try my best to see the best in anyone in any situation, and that's pretty much who I am as a person. Okay, um, I want to I want to just pause here for a few seconds and and kind of go back to something you said. You're into anime. Is that yeah. something that? Um, I mean, I I just isn't that porn? Are you messing with me? No, I I don't I don't understand. What is this? You're, you're messing with me. Are you anime an, is Japanese? Okay. Oh boy. Anime is Japanese. Is anime is Japanese art? Is Japanese cartoon? Is it's my under? This is my opinion. I'm sure there are people who are more educated in this area than I am. 
my opinion is this is Japanese cartoons. It's not pornography. It doesn't have to be sex. It can be about regular storylines. You ever watch Dragon Ball Z? No. Um, Yu-Gi-Oh, Pokemon. Pokemon, like when the first... first anime, first. that's anime. That counts as anime. But there was no porn in Pokemon. Okay, it doesn't... I don't, I don't understand. So there's no porn in anime. Or there's no anime in porn. Wow. Um, n- no, that's a separate genre in itself. Again, I can't tell if you're messing with me or not, but it's just, wow. Okay, wow. the next thing I want to hone in on is you said we didn't become friends until recently. And I suspect that was because I was always part of the cool club in law school. And you weren't. Is that is that true? Is, is, that, is that what I'm... Man, hearing? I... Okay, I, I hear this a lot. Like, there's a cool club and... I had a, I didn't even have a car in law school, man. I was trying to bike from school, home, school, home, school. Like, I, my fault, I, I don't even know. I, I think we just didn't became, become friends because... Yeah, I, 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 don't really, really, I don't really care about all of this. All I want to know is for you to tell me I'm a cool kid, wasn't I? I mean, would you, would you yeah, like to hear that? Sure, okay, yeah. you're a cool. Okay, cool, I was a cool, cool kid. kid. Yep. Okay, yep. sure, why not? Yep. You're a cool kid. So, um... Rasul is the significant other of Melissa. And Melissa calls me part of... Melissa claims that I'm part of the Mean Girls Club. And I think she's she's actually right. I, I am starting to accept the fact that I am part of the Mean Girls Club. And um, I don't know really know why we're, why we're talking about that, because we do have more important things to talk about. But, um, so this is Rasul. He is a dear friend of mine. Um, Yes, we we were friends in law school, but not as close as I would like to have been. Um, we didn't start becoming really good friends until after law school. And um, after law school, um, I think there was a long period of time where we saw each other almost every day. Um, I know for a fact that you've slept over at my house a few times and played with my dog and whatnot during, during our bar prep period. Um, and that's how we've become... Um, almost inseparable. I, I, I trust him dearly. He's a good friend of mine. His significant other, Melissa, same thing. Um, they are in a category where it's like jump, and I'd be like, how high? Um, so, so, so with that being said, um, Rasul and I went to law school together. We, we went to Barry University, Dwayne Johnson, Dwayne O'Andrea School of is, Law. School of Law. Uh, on East Colonial Avenue, East Colonial Street, whatever it East is. East Colonial Drive. East Colonial Drive in Orlando. Um, I chose law school because I got sick and tired of the industry I was in. Um, I got sick and tired of driving the fancy cars, having the big house and all that stuff. It gets to a point where it's very repetitive, and I wanted a new challenge. Oh, no, what a struggle. <laughs> and Rasul got into the industry... Um, or I should say law school, from, from what I understand, because he wanted to make a change for the greater good. Sure. You want um, me to speak on this? Yeah, I, I would actually like for you to speak on this, yes. Um, so I grew up in Brownsville, Brooklyn, New York, and East New York. Um, for many of you who are, many of the listeners who are not familiar with the area, even if you are, um, you know, growing up, it's these are areas that are heavily policed, heavily... Um, how do I say? It's poverty hits hard in these areas. You grew up in a ghetto. I understand. I grew um, up in a ghetto too. Should with that being that? said, like um, you know, New York, it's basically where um, police perfected stop and frisk, which um, we learned about in crim law and procedure. Yeah, and um, you know, so I went to law school because I wanted to help. Cause I mean, my first experience with. Like like most kids growing up in that area and like teens and young adults, my first experience with my first experience with stop and frisk came when I was 14, 15. And I'm not going to go into details, but that's that's sort of what sparked my interest in the law. How do I help? How do I help those, um, you know, and even the older people around my neighborhood, we we had a lot we had a substantial amount of people who couldn't afford legal representation so in the face of incarceration you know they just had to wait it out um, you know and that that can I, I'm speaking very generally here I'm not speaking legally of course but that's sort of what motivated me to go into law school that and I had a 
really strong mentor. Her name is Theodicia Collins, who's, you know, has been a pillar in my life. And she's been, because at first I wanted to be a teacher. And she's, she's the one that said, well, you know, okay, you can be a teacher. Or you could, you know, work at the source itself. Work as a, you know, work, work with children, work with public defenders, work in juvenile delinquency through the law because that's what's at the heart of it. Yeah. So that's sort of why I got into law school. I, I wanted to go to law school. I went to law school. Okay. Um, now we're going we're gonna to kind of switch things up here. We're going to get into the 800-pound gorilla in the room here. Um, <laughs> to, to our listeners, Rasul and I originally planned on having this podcast about a week ago, and we, we were going to have a third guest with us, but due to... Uh, travel restrictions um she's not able to 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 to, to join us tonight i'm going to try and have her in on the second part of this podcast and yes this is going to be a two-part podcast um the the podcast today really isn't um something that most people like to joke about because it is very very serious it's a probably one of the most serious topics that law students um talk about face um, and fear. It's probably a bad time to tell you that I won't make a lot of jokes. <laughs> um, and, and that topic is the the, the bar exam. Um, in in full full disclosure, and this is this is the point of this podcast. I failed the bar exam. Rasul failed the bar exam. I failed the bar exam a second time. Rasul failed the bar exam a second time. There's many many students out there who are in the same exact boat. We've all had our struggles with the bar exam. We've all had our struggles with the bar. And many of us like to keep it hush-hush. Um, I came in just a few points shy of passing. Rasul came in just one point shy of passing. Literally one point shy of passing. I'm telling you, when that, I, see the, I saw that at 135, like my heart literally broke. Yeah, and we know that there's students out there who, who don't score near that or are in the same boat or are struggling to understand why they didn't pass the exam and it's not because they're dumb because i know that's what generally comes to mind for a lot of folks the bar exam is a whole different animal it is something that people don't like to talk about and it is it is it is something that is incredibly incredibly difficult and we're hoping today tonight really to shine some 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 light on this we had originally planned on canceling this podcast because of the fact that it was such a taboo topic. And so we're going to spend the next 30, 40, whatever amount of time it takes to kind of go through the tidbits of the depression that hits you, the preparations that we've done in the past, and how we still came up short. Um, the first time I took the bar exam was just after graduating. Um, and, and I took the, the, the bar prep program that was offered by, by, many, by many programs out there. There's Barbary, there's Kaplan, there's Themis, there's so on. I chose, I chose Kaplan and I did the program 99% um, and I still came up short by a few points. Uh, in fact, my first time, uh, two weeks before the exam, I, I phased myself out and decided only to take a portion of the exam as opposed to the entire exam, um, even though I studied for the whole damn thing. Um, and I still came up short. Um, and it wasn't because I didn't know the material, but it was because of the fact that something somehow came up short. And I know many other students had similar problems. Rasul, you took the exam the first time with me, and you came up short just by a few points, but you passed the Florida portion. Am I, am I correct? When, yeah. When you... When you found out your score, what was your immediate reaction? Okay. So, funny story. I actually found out the morning of an interview for the job at which I'm currently working. Like, literally 30 minutes before I walked into my interview. I found out I got a 136. Uh, Melissa was with me, you know, whom I dearly love and is my girlfriend. She's she was with me at the time. She's the one that told me because I was driving. I couldn't check. Um, it's heartbreaking because you know 
yes, it's a curve, and yes, only some people can pass, and some people are going to have to fail. But it does suck. It, it's, it's heartbreaking. You need some time to yourself. It's um, it's it's not just you though. Like, I I wanna. I'm I'm being as honest as I possibly can. Yes, it's but it's all, like Melissa passed. Yeah, you know, of course. She's smart. Right? Yeah, she's, right? she's That's what everybody's genius. gonna say. Everybody's gonna say. Oh, she's a genius, but even somebody's smart and somebody's not. But it's not the truth. She passed, but you know she couldn't really celebrate like she wanted to because I failed. So, you know, to some extent, like there was guilt. Like I felt guilty about that. Emotionally, I felt like, man, I'm dragging her down, man. She can't even enjoy this moment because it's her moment, but she yeah. can't. She can't do it because, you know, somebody you love didn't pass, and just just the experience itself. It's not a good feeling. Because I I I everybody's different. I don't know how people react to it. Me personally, talking about things help. You know, I'm a emotional learner. I you know I learn through emotions more like expressing sadness expressing anger that's just how I tend to figure out okay nah, this is how this made me feel let's not do this again this is how this made me feel let's not do this again this is how this made me feel let's do this again let's move. so on and so on so personally for me that was a I know everybody has different reactions to it that was a heartbreaking I don't know anybody that has a positive reaction to failing the bar exam you know it's a bar exam you work three years for it the other thing for me was I found myself saying, you know what? I didn't really try throughout law school. That was bullshit. I tried my ass off. What what took people like a long time, like something that pe people picked up first, like, like secured interest so, in UCC9. It took me a while to figure that out. Somebody like Melissa, it took them like two, three days. Or like somebody like you know you we have Matt in our class another yeah, genius like you're, yeah like you see his once and that's it that's all it takes of mine. Yeah. yeah yeah that's all it takes or like you know even like we've had we went to school with such brilliant minds and they pick things up so fast whereas for me it took me like a while to just even commercial paper can you say confidently now that you understand commercial no, paper I still don't. no and I, I still don't. don't. I still and I, st I just studied it because this recent bar exam that the one I took for the third time, they told us commercial paper is one of the topics. So I I took a lot, and I'm not confident in it, but I think that's what I started telling myself. Man, I didn't try in law school. I barely gave it. No bullshit. It just took me a longer t time to get it, and I tried my hardest. And when you, I found myself making internalized excuses, like hey. I didn't pass because of this. I didn't pass because, like, that's not how that worked. You, I tried my hardest, and I failed. I think accepting that, for me, was the hardest part of that. Even the second time around, it was, for me, that was the hardest part. And, I mean, you took it there with me. That 135, man, that was a killer. That was a killer. Um, Literally, I... Uh, one of the worst work experiences I've ever had because, like, 15 people asked me, like, hey, did you pass? Did you pass? Did you pass? And I was like, yeah. I was like damn, I should have taken this day off from work. So, you know, that's that's how that experience went. Um, and that's it, really. Personally, that's, um, <laughs> that's, um, that's my experience with failing the bar. I, I know that you're right. A lot of people can stray away from talking about this. A lot of people can stray away from not talking about I, I, different people. Like I said, everybody's individual. Everybody has their own individual experiences. I don't think I'm not going to put anybody in a blanket. What I will put in a blanket is this is not a positive experience. Nobody wants to go through this. But because of the way the bar is structured, some people have to fail and some people have to pass. Okay. Um, I had kind of a, an opposite experience. I didn't give it my all my first time around and I fully admit it my second time around I also didn't I mean now that I because hindsight is twenty twenty, right so I even look back and, <laughs> and I realized that I also didn't give it my 100% my, my yeah remember time. Melissa keeps something because Melissa was 
your coach, bar coach, which yeah. we'll get into later, I assume. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, she's she, you know, she, she called you out on this. Like, yeah. hey, you gave she it all, like you, you gave it your all like for two weeks. Yeah, no, she's one hundred percent right. Um, I gave it my all for that month of February, but I, I came up short. Um, I I didn't take the bar exam this time around because of a character and fitness issue that I'm going through, um, and, and and I'm completely honest about it. Um, I owned a business many years ago that had some payroll liability issues. Um, the the IRS claimed that they didn't want to pursue the matter any further. However, the Florida Bar, as you can imagine, wants me to clear up any ends and, and, and issues. So um, it's something that I need to clear up. And so therefore, I've um, agreed to um, take a negotiated consent judgment with the Florida Bar right. so that for one year, um, I will not pursue the license starting this November. Um, and after that, I will apply again, and um, hopefully I am, I am admitted. Um, so I am planning on taking the bar exam um, this coming February, and I've already started preparing, and this time it's very different for me because it's, 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 it's do or die. For me, it was interesting the first time around when I, when, I, when I failed the exam because I've never really failed at anything in my life. I was always that overachiever, cocky a-hole who... You know, bought a house when he was 21, paid off numerous cars by the time he turned 25, became VP of a very large company in his 20s, built a $10 million a year company. So for me, it was like, I'm on cloud nine, and I can achieve anything I want. But getting hit in the face with that bar exam failure was a real awakening that you can't just skate by through life. Even though you're good at one thing doesn't necessarily mean you're good at everything. And I think that's what a lot of people need to realize is that the bar exam is the great equalizer. Um, just because you failed the bar exam doesn't mean that you're not good at other things. Right. I'm phenomenal at sales. Clients will drive hours away to come see me right now. It's proven. We, we have the reviews for it. But I'm not an attorney. I, I'm not a licensed attorney. And that's because I came up short in other things bar exam, character and fitness, and so on. So just, just just like that, there are students out there who are listening to this like, shit, am I a failure? And no, the answer is no, you're absolutely not. You are good at A, B, and C, while the bar exam might just be X, Y, and Z. And, and I know it sounds like an after-school special, but a lot of this is really about how bad you can take a beating and get right back up and try again. Yeah. Um, You've I've tried. Yeah. Times. I'm going to... Aside from what you, I mean, you obviously had a lot more success in life than <laughs> you're at yeah, you later staging in life. But what I can assure students who are listening to this is that you are not alone. Yeah. Others have failed in life, failed at the bar. And, you know, if you need to reach out, you know where to find us. You're not alone in this because it can affect you emotionally. I mean... Like, just the second time. That's just, like, in um, October, which is when I took the bar. In between the second time and the third time, like, you know, my, like, there were clear, I, I mean, clear signs of depression. Like, I gained weight, you know, didn't eat properly, went to sleep at, like, 5 a.m., woke up at, like, 8 a.m. Like, it's just, you know, clear signs of, like, it just... All I want to relay is that you're not alone. And um, I know that something I'll go into later, but, you know, we spoke about this, you know, where we don't want to look bad. A lot of that's cultural. A lot of that is our makeup, um, our families and stuff, specifically me and you, who are both of South Asian descent. And we, you know, rep where reputation is so big, you know, we don't want to embarrass people. Um, we'll talk about this later, but I just want people to know that this isn't like a one-off. Like this is, I don't, like, I hope that people don't give up because of this, because at the end of the day, this is just a test. This is not going to make or break you. You can do this again. You can pass. Okay. Um, you chose a different bar prep company barbary and i chose kaplan do you think and this and this doesn't have to be a lengthy conversation because we've got so much to talk about <laughs> um, do you think our bar prep companies failed us 
No. Um, I literally had to talk about this with somebody at work today. You're going to get back what you give. You have Kaplan, for example. Yeah. These people do unlimited essay reviews. Do you know yeah. how crazy that is? Yeah. Like, one, you, one you four... Know, you know what's even fucking crazier? And, and I know we don't generally curse on this, but... Last time, I used Kaplan as well. I only did eight essays. Yeah, that's... Cr- like, that... To me, that blows my mind. Because... I can't speak for other exams. But for this one upcoming, if I had Kaplan, I would have used it every day because half of my score was essays. I think that's that's one thing amazing about Kaplan. I know people like to shit on Kaplan because it's cheaper, but that's amazing. Yeah. How many companies? Barbie does Barbie or Themis? They don't do that. Unlimited essay. Are you kidding me? Like even Themis, they do assigned essays for review. And then Barbie is just Barbie. I think Barbie had great lectures, great multiple choice, which is what I use. Oh, I agree a hundred percent. Yeah. I, even though I use Kaplan, I still. My friends, including you, had Barbary, and I would do the multiple choice questions. Yeah, because I only needed the MBE portion. Yeah, and those so you were did the Florida so portion. Much, so much better than, than, than I thought. At least in my opinion, better. As far as the multiple choice questions, I thought Barbary had better multiple choice questions. Well, yeah. Well, I, I mean, I'll be honest. I went with Barbary because that's what I used to pass the MPRE. I said, okay, I took the MPRE using Barbary prep book. Let me use Barbary for bar prep. And it worked for me for MPRE, so I assumed it'll work for me for the bar. I passed the Florida section. I mean, I'm going to have to do it again in a week and a half. But realistically, I don't think bar prep companies fail you. If you tried your hardest and you failed, Melissa talks about this all the time. You know, The hardest part about bar prep is figuring out how you study, how an individual studies. Yeah. I'm not sure if you figured it out yet. Absolutely like, not. I'm still I'm still learning every fucking day. My understanding of it is my understanding of my style of learning is, you know, being by myself, doing my own outlines, a lot of memorizing. I like whereas, you know, you I don't know if you ever seen Melissa and Matt study. They whiteboard and they talk things through. I've noticed that that doesn't help me as much. But, you know, I'm not there completely yet. And I think once you figure out how you're how you study, I think it'll help you articulate goals. Like, okay, I'm gonna do this today. This is how I need to study. I can do this. Answer essays, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. It just opens up doors for you. But like you know, I I don't think I don't. A lot of people do blame bar prep companies. I mean, we have friends on Facebook, so we see it all on social media. But I don't think it's fair to do that. You know, maybe this time around because COVID. But again, I didn't really use I didn't really use bar prep companies this time around. Like I use like old multiple choice, old Barbary books, like Florida portion. But like, you know, there were there were stuff tested this time that normally wouldn't be in a multiple choice section towards um trust and then a bunch of and it's all right it's it's hard to remember like once you take the exam like that's it (laughs) get out of my head that's that's fine but i I guess what i'm i guess what i'm trying to hone in on is that a lot of people shit on the bar prep companies Mm -hmm. because they they see that they did 100 percent or 80 percent or 90 percent or whatever it is of the work that was given to them and that should equate to a passing score. I mean, that's that's not how that works. I, I agree. Yeah. I agree with you. And, and it took me it took me two times failing the exam to realize this that it actually is how much work you put in is the reward you get. I didn't realize that until just maybe six months ago when I had to take the stupid MPRE again because of the twenty five month rule, where I actually sat down. And I said, I'm going to do this a whole different way. And I actually took the, 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 the Kaplan free book they give you. And I said, I'm going to do this the right way. And I went through the outline once. I rewrote it once. 
And then I just sat there and did multiple choice questions, and that's how I learned. That's how I I learned. Yeah. So you're and figuring the, out. Yeah, you're figuring I, it, it out. It took me years to figure that out that the way I learned is by practical approach. I have to actually do the questions, learn from my mistakes, and move on from there. Yeah, I'm the same way. Like I learned from writing essays. I think, as opposed to memorizing, I learned the law better by rewriting essays over and over. The same way with multiple choice, you just rewrite why you got them wrong. What? And Florida isn't like the MBE, you know? Yeah. It's straight true. It's like if you know the law, you know the answer to the question. Yeah. And for me, it's if we had the more multiple choice we did, the more questions we had answers to, like the more stuff I can log into my brain, um, hopefully see a similar fact pattern, and, you know, hope for the best. But, you know, you're starting to scratch the surface, and I think that'll unlock your potential into being successful in the bar. Now, I'm, 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 I'm honing in on this because I want our listeners to understand that you are not alone and the real key here of passing the exam isn't necessarily the program you use or how much money you spend on it. Because I, I tried to shortcut my way. I tried to buy everything. In fact, I did buy everything. I bought, I bought, I bought the, the, the bar prep courses. I brought the, the secret MBE questions. I, I spent thousands of dollars on stupid stuff that I shouldn't have, only to realize that it's just working is the reward out. And, and, and I, I, want, I want our listeners to understand that you can have the most basic bar prep program, but if you put the work in, you have to really be honest with yourself. You, you, know, you know the old... Alcoholics Anonymous saying, be honest to yourself, be to thine self, be honest, or whatever it is. You have to actually follow that here. You know, there's really no substitute for knowledge of the law. You have to know the law to pass the bar exam. That's, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I don't but think so, there's... So then this leads me to my, to my next question. This is a great, great segue. A lot of people blame their law schools for not giving them enough knowledge about the law. Just very quickly, do do you think that's a right? Re- do do you think that's even a valid argument? Another conversation I had at work, <laughs> like not too long ago. I personally don't. Oh, I agree with you. Um, and there's people. I have friends who disagree with me, as I'm sure you do. The bar, the school has resources. Barry has resources. You have to ask for them. We have friends that are like, why aren't they presenting them to us? Why didn't we tell us about this? Because you didn't ask. That's absolutely true. I, I say this all the time. I say this to, to, to my team over here. A closed mouth doesn't get fed. Yeah. And, and I agree 100% with that, where if you are on the campus of Barry Law School, it doesn't matter if it's Florida A&M or UF, UCF, whatever these other schools are, Stetson, the resources are there. You just have to ask and search for them. If you're spending your Friday nights, your one hour year, at Corona Cigar Lounge, which is where I was at my one hour year, um, you're going to have a hard time with the bar. And I am the prime example there. I, I mean, it, it does. What can be troublesome, and I do sympathize with people, is I think a lot of other schools are more vocal about their support system. You have to do a little a little bit of digging at Barry. You have to make it over to the class lounge. Um, but see, that's, that's, that's the crazy thing here is like you do Barry have to has a class lounge. Yeah class I'm not going to go around I'm is... not going to say that everything was perfect at Barry. We've had issues. We have like you know there are former classmates now attorneys who've had issues with clasps um i'm not going to go into specifics for obvious reasons but i think in terms of books in terms of questions sample mbe exams sample florida exams barry has those you know me specifically i had um tran as my bar mentor i like i needed an answer i reached out to her she got back to me the next day it's um but I, I will I will say this though, like you to each his own, but me personally I don't think I don't think our school is the reason 
why we failed. I think a lot of it has to do with not knowing how we studied. And people, you can, I guess you can make the argument that, that that's where, because, you know, at school you're supposed to learn that, but. But see, like, by the time you get to your law school, you're in a doctorate program. Shouldn't you already know how you study? Okay. And, 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 and to our listeners, because I know you're, you're wondering, CLASP. CLASP is, a, I forget what it stands for, but CLASP is a resource that Barry University School of Law has, um, which is a... It's basically a study aid program for exactly, bar prep students. Exactly, exactly, exactly. It is, I, in my opinion, one of the most phenomenal programs they offer. Brian Seitz, I don't know if he runs the program or he doesn't run the program, but he's the face I always see all the time. Um, he really puts his heart and soul into this, and, and I'm... I've graduated. I, I have no reason to kiss his ass anymore. Um, and yeah, Dr. Seitz, I'm going to call you Dr. Seitz. I was the guy who got you that beer three a year um, and put it on your desk. You needed it. You seemed really sad that day. In any case, I think the school does a phenomenal job with that program. But I do agree with you that it's not promoted. Or maybe it is promoted, but the students just don't grasp it. Because I do remember our 1L year and 2 year year clasp this, clasp that, clasp this, clasp yourself, whatever. Yeah. But I would rarely, rarely, rarely see students actually go to the clasp lounge. Yeah. And, and, and a little secret that people don't really, under, students don't realize is that the clasp lounge actually has all of the damn outlines you need for almost every single class. And see, that's what I mean. That's why I said, you know, at school you're supposed to learn because I won't say any names. But there are sources where you can get outlines from your own, for your classes given by people who've taken the classes in previous years. I think that shortcuts learning, but a lot of that falls on the individuals themselves. I will say this, though. You asked, hey, this is a doctorate program. Shouldn't you know how to learn? I don't think any bachelors can prepare you for the beast that law school is I took English literature because in undergrad my pre-law advisor said take English you know you you write and that kind of writing will be helpful for law school I went to law school I was like what the fuck is this I can't what, why did I take like for the my 1L, 2L, and 3L year, I would always tell myself, why the hell did I take English literature in undergrad? Like, it was such a waste of four years. If I knew that studying, like learning how to study, was the success to getting through law school and eventually the bar exam, I would have focused on the sciences. I would have focused on math, because you actually had to, like, focus on learning the material, critical analysis, and then applying it to questions in courses like English literature it's a broad paper you know I think for a lot of law students they don't know I think a lot of law students at Barry I think it can be very hard because you don't know what's going on um, a lot of the times um, I'll give you an example parole evidence took me two months to figure out how to <laughs> what parole evidence was and I probably could have gone to class but I said no I'm gonna struggle with this I'm gonna figure this out again like that's and I'm sure I wasn't the only one that struggled with contracts but I didn't like you know in my head I'm like oh I know how to study I know how to do this I didn't know how to do this man like, you don't know how to study for the law school. You don't know how to study for the bar until you go through law school. So, to your point where you should, you're in a doctor program, you should know how to study. This style of studying isn't, wasn't emphasized for everybody. Some people adapt to it better than everybody else. Some people don't. And that's all I'll say on that matter. Okay. We typically like to have a 22 to 28 minute segment this is going to be a two-part podcast and it'll likely be 30 to 35 minutes each session um, we are getting close to the end of the first session but there, there is just a few more things that i quickly want to go over with you 
Um, but just to kind of pause here and talk about the next session, the next session that we're going to have for this podcast, or I should say part two, is going to be um, just a couple of days after the bar exam results come out. And Rasul and hopefully our other guest um, will know if they passed or not. So the question here is, Rasul, do you think you passed a bar exam this time? I'm optimistic. I'm giving you a very calculated result because I think we spoke about right before I got on the podcast that I looked through the essay prompts at the Florida Bar recently released and I was like, fuck, I didn't talk about this, this, this. So I'm I'm nervous, but I'm optimistic. I'm not going to give you a yes or no. I would like to pass. I'm hopeful I'll pass because as you know, Obtaining a license opens up doors, opens up attorneys, yeah. job opportunities, and I'm not sure, but I'm done making excuses. Okay. I tried my best, and I've studied my hardest, okay. and I hope that it's reflected in the bar results. Do you think the bar exam in the state of Florida is administered fairly? It's oh, a loaded question. Um, I'm not really sure what you mean. <laughs> mean. Do you think it's fair? Do you think the way they, they, they administer the exam, the in-person, 4,000 people, 200 questions, uh, well, 100 questions, and then another 100 questions, and another 100 questions, and the three essays, and the the giant room with the, the numbered <laughs> seats, and the rows, and the people walking around with... Um, the, the proctors walking around looking all scared. Do you think it's a fair administration of the exam? Not to mention the eight weeks of studying that you have to do beforehand. <laughs> um, fair. Um, okay. I'm going to sort of sidestep that fair question a little bit. I will say this. You work at a law firm? I work at a law firm. We see attorneys practicing all the time that you're like, I can't believe he got his license. My mindset is always, they can do it, why can't I? Okay. The exam hasn't, with the exception of this COVID-administered exam, where, you know, three essays and 100 multiple choice on each essay had, like, very different weird rules and... Multiple choice, different rules, you get recorded, you know, knock on wood, I haven't been flagged yet, I hope I don't get flagged because I did curse during the middle of the exam when a tree <laughs> fell on my window. Um, and this goes out to everybody, I think everybody who's failed it, people have done it. So intelligent saying... people and non-intelligent people. Okay. If they can do it, so can you. I think everybody has the ability to pass the bar exam. I don't know if it's fair or not. I think that was a very politically correct answer <laughs> that I just gave you. So I'll, I'll give you a straight. I'll give you my, my version of the answer because I, I don't give a shit about political correctness or not. Yeah. I, I work with Joshua Teaches here. Mm -hmm. It's a one-man operation. Um. Great attorney, by the way. Yeah, yeah. Um, I've learned an amazing amount of stuff from him. I met him almost by happenstance um, through the bankruptcy clinic. Uh, initially, we had no intentions of, or at least I had no intentions of going for a job, um, but things just kind of worked their ways. I guess the, the guy upstairs has a way of making things happen. Right. Um, when he was in law school, neither of the stories that I've heard from him, you know, he had kids, he, he had a, a wife, he had bills to take care of. He bought a house, and he was able to pass. Right, that's what I'm saying. These There's people that worked 40 hours a week. Yeah. And so, went through law, and they passed the bar. If they can do it with all these obstacles, they, I mean, there, there's people that had, like, family issues, personal issues. They got kids to support. They had parents to support. It's, there's a million issues. Everybody has, everybody has problems. So uh, I guess what I'm saying is, in my opinion, 
the bar exam is absolutely fair. It is the great equalizer, the administration of the exam, the setup, the questions, the essays, well, maybe not the essays, but everything else I think is absolutely fair and a great equalizer. And what really? I think apart, the only fair, like, I think if there were, I think the most fair part of the exams are the essays. Really? I think, I, I, in my opinion, I think the essays are the great differentiate, the, the differentiating factor here between somebody who's going to be a high pass, a low pass, a no pass. Because everything else is given to you. I mean, they, they give you, it, it's crazy because a lot of people don't realize this, but the Florida Bar actually publishes what's going to be on the exam. They tell you. These are the topics on the exam. These are the subtopics. Well, I think that's oversimplifying it a little bit. And I'm not... Yeah, they tell you what's going to be on the topic. But there's like 11 topics. Oh, and they I, only I test agree. you on four topics. Uh, so it's not, it's not like they test you on... It's not like the MBE where they're like, Hey, these are the topics. Yeah, We're going to test you on every topics, single yeah. one of them. It's not like that for the Florida oh, Bar. I, there's like seven I'm topics. Not, they're I, like, we're going to pick and choose. And, and I agree with you. But, but, but the point I'm trying to make is that... In the power that a lawyer has, and compare that power to the exam, I think it is absolutely necessary and absolutely fair the way they test. Because a, a lawyer has so much power in the state of Florida that even one bad lawyer slipping through, at least in my opinion, is bad. It's bad in just general for the, for the public, for their potential clients and whatnot. Uh, yes, bad lawyers slip through, but after five years, are they still practicing? Are they three years, are they still practicing? We don't know, and likely they're not. Um, maybe, maybe they are, maybe I don't know. But the, the, the point I'm trying to make is that the exam, I think, is fair. And if somehow you slip through it, real life will correct you. It's my last comment on this. And then this is not even a comment, it's more of a question. Do you think it's fair that they test this closed book? Even though in the practice of law, you don't have to know anything by heart. Like that, that if there is a part to me that I think is, I'm not, sh I don't understand why. And I don't know if that's fair, but. I think it's fair. Absolutely okay. it's fair. Why do you think that? Because if you look at, for example, think of. Think, think of the power that a lawyer has, right? We, we've got power to subpoena. We've got power to... No, no, no. I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is when you... Well, like, uh, when Josh practices, when he has to write a complaint, when he has to write a responsive motion, he's not doing that by heart. I agree. But I think, I think the bar is set up so that you have to... You have to get over it that's that's what a bar is right you have to get over a bar <laughs> but <laughs> we're delirious man um so i understand where you're coming from now you're right you know absolutely lawyers in real life have open notes open books they have lexus nexus and abc and you can even download pleading i'm not making a comment i just wanted to know your no, answer and, 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 and I'm, I'm trying to give you an answer that's that's somewhat fair without me cursing and yelling I think it is fair. And, okay. and the reasoning I think it's fair that the exam should continue to be closed book is because you have unimaginable power as a lawyer and this is your final test to get that, for lack of a better phrase, magical wand. And if you're not capable of at least once understanding everything that the bar exam requires and getting over that hurdle, and maybe you don't deserve that magical wand. And, and and I'm saying that as a person who has failed twice to get that magical wand. The first time, remember, I only took half the exam. And the second time I took the full exam and I just failed by a couple of points. And, and I still don't have that magical wand. I'm, I'm holding a, a pen in my hand and that's not, it's not, a, not a magical wand. And do I deserve it? I think I do. But in reality, no. I, I, I haven't passed it. I haven't earned it. And I think everyone needs to go through that. But more importantly... I think our listeners who are in the same or similar boat to us need to understand, first of all, that this is part one of part two, so make sure you listen to the next episode, because we will find out if Rasul <laughs> and our other guest um, passed. Um, lots, of, lots of pressure there. 
but we're going to I just knocked about, on wood. That's what that was. Okay. Uh, we're also going to talk about um, the administration of the exam in detail, what you can expect in the administration of the exam, um, what to do if you fail, or at least in our opinion, what you think, what we think you should do if you fail, um, and what we did differently each time around. Now, we're, we, we, are, we are getting there in terms of the length of this podcast. So we're just going to, three minutes tops, talk about law school was difficult for some people. For some people, it wasn't. For the some people that it wasn't difficult, some of them passed and some of them didn't. For the some people that did think it was difficult, same boat. Some of them passed, some of them didn't. The ones who you think, I'm, I'm going to rephrase this question. We have friends who I absolutely thought would have passed. They were smart. They are smart. I mean, there's just no way around it. Top 10, top 20, top 30 of their class. But they failed. Not once, not twice, but they failed. Do you think the bar exam Do you think the bar exam defines your character? And the answer to that is generally going to be no. Well, why do you think... Well, what do you mean by character? Be specific. I mean... People... When, when people see that you failed a bar exam, they will usually say one of two things to you. Don't worry. You got it next time. Or, hey man, I understand. But do they really understand? Yeah. So that's what that's I mean. One of the worst, that's one of the worst, worst things I ever fucking hear. Oh, man. You know, you'll get it next time. Were that's you, that's oh, exactly God. where I was trying to end this at, which was... Man, if somebody failed, don't tell them that. Yes, don't don't talk to them. Like, leave them alone. Leave them alone. <laughs> I, no, <laughs> they don't want to hear the, that shit. <laughs> the answer to my definition of character question was always going to be no. No, the bar exam should not define your character and it, and it, well, it never will I mean on, on the grand scheme of things the bar exam is just a small minute obstacle that you have to get over for the greater things in your life but a lot of people that don't understand the legal world will say exactly that one of two things when you do fail the exam hey man it's gonna be okay don't worry about it you got it next time or it was hard I understand what they really don't understand Okay, so here's my beef with that. And <laughs> fuck, man, fuck everybody that says that shit. And who oh, I'm, I'm, I mean, because whether you get it or not, and Melissa, who you know, she always gets at me for saying this. Like I always ask her, you know, is everything okay? Are you okay? And she hates that question. I imagine how she feels when I ask her that is like that feeling she gets is the feeling I got when people ask me if I was okay after failing the bar. What do you think? Do you, do you think I'm okay right now? Do you think I want to hear, uh, you'll get in? No, I'm, I'm pretty upset. And there's, it's not just failing. And that's what, you know, I alluded to earlier. Um, you know, there's like, as intelligent, as lovely, as um, sharp as Melissa was, and we wanted to celebrate her success, we couldn't do that. Sharp is. She is sharp. Yeah, she's, she's very, you know, I'm very lucky to have her in my life. <laughs> and so am I. <laughs> um, for different reasons. But, like, this should go without saying, for different reasons, but she's a, she's a wonderful human being. But even then, like, you know, I felt guilty about that. Like, I didn't feel like I could celebrate her success because I suffered a failure you know we I alluded to this earlier too um you know in our communities we have like come on man, as brown people you're either a doctor lawyer or engineer well there's very few brown lawyers but I yeah understand like and you know like my mom my mom used to just tell people oh yeah no he didn't take the exam yet meanwhile this is my second time failing it and like you know just just lie about it and I understand. In terms of that, 
and we spoke about this. What helped me was none of that matters. At the end of the day, the people that love you, the people that care about you, regardless of your success or failure with this bar exam, as long as they're there for you, that's all that matters. And that's, at the end of the day, they'll be the ones there to pick you up. So you don't have to worry about reputation. You don't have to worry about how people might look at you after you fail. You don't have to worry about, you know, I kind of went off trail, went off track there, but I just wanted to end it with that by saying the people that care will care whether you fail, whether you pass, and they'll be there to pick you up. So I know that people come from a good place when they ask you, when they tell you, hey, you're going to get this next time. Oh, man, how are you doing? But reality is at the end of the day, you, you don't know it's something terrible happened for multitude of reasons but failing the bar is not easy take care of yourself like to anybody that just failed or anybody that's going to find out their scores please take care of yourself this is this is a rough process a rough couple of months emotionally physically you know make sure to maintain your health and well-being this exam will be there forever your health your mental health your emotional health will not Okay. Well, there you have it. That is Rasul Bubale Bubale Buya. Get my last name right now, my first one. Okay. Well, that's that's Rasul. Um, that was episode one. You still, you know, you said my first name wrong the whole podcast. Right? We're just gonna start calling you R. Why don't you just call me Ray? No, no. Say Sul. Something. Ray Sul. Ray Sul. Ray Sul. There you go. That's Ray Sul. I'm Sahil Patel. <laughs> we're gonna have another episode part two of this hopefully our guest uh comes in um hopefully she not, gets my name right hopefully she gets i think because i mean you're not gonna sure. get it right that's absolutely true i'm not even gonna try anymore um i'm talking shit priyanka's a lovely person yeah well i wasn't gonna say her name right away but thanks anytime you can you can edit this out man oh no i'm not i, I refuse to edit anything none of this none of this gets edited out even now, I'm recording and talking, and this is still being recorded. Okay, gotcha. Okay. It still is... want to get burgers? Actually, I was thinking about that. It is Burger Week in Orlando. <laughs> $5 burgers. Um, but I can't. My wife just texted me and said that dinner is ready, and I need to waddle my ass home. I need dinner. So thank you very much to our listeners. Um, we will talk to you again in about 10 days uh, when the second um, podcast airs, uh, slash records, or records and then airs. Um, just after the bar results come out. Um, and as always, um, take care. So you want to say anything? I'll see you soon. How are you going to see anybody? I don't understand. You know what? It's a metaphor. Just just cut the thing. Cut it. Cut it. Stop recording. You want to give a shout out to anybody? Well, yeah, obviously. Shout out to Melissa. <laughs> I mean, you shouted her like 17 fucking times on the goddamn podcast. See? Somebody um, else, maybe? You know, a lot of... I mean... It's, I'll save it for next time, but you know, there's a lot of people. Like, it's I can't understate how important it is to have a support system in law school. Even if it's one friend, even if it's two friends. I had um, a friend, you know, who I'm still close to, Armando, who's like, is <laughs> very close to me, and you know, who's helped me through um, law school. And I had a friend named, um, I'm not gonna say his name, but you know, he was instrumental. Like, I I, I mentioned it briefly. You know, in the beginning, I didn't have a car when I moved here because I'm used to taking the subway everywhere and he used to after the first semester he used to like literally drive me from school to home and then back and forth and you know it's he's I, I don't think I would have even made it to classes on time because I had Shinazi and he wouldn't let you in I mean he wouldn't let you sign unless you got there at, before eight so you know I'm very grateful to him there's a lot of people I can't think of right now but we're going to do this again in 10 days. Um, I'll have a list for you then. I'm telling you, the last five minutes, I'm just going to read off a list of people I want to give thanks to. And of course you, Sahil. I mean, like, I'll be honest. Like, even this time, like, the second time I took the bar, I would not, literally would not have even had a place to study if you didn't, you know, offer your space. So I'm, I'm truly grateful for you and your wife for letting us do that. And a huge, huge, huge shout-out to 
Matt and Katarina for lending me your Florida bar books because otherwise I'd have just been memorizing for two months. <laughs> Thank you for letting me lending me those books to study for and do the and of course I'm gonna do it again. You know, big shout out to Melissa for, you know, I mean emotionally for all the emotional support, but you know for the guidance for, she provided both of us. And you know I'm, I really want to thank my. Like even even I do want to take a minute to thank my employers and Oscar and Reese. Those guys are awesome. Yeah. Yeah, they were um like, you know, Gerald and Wanda. They they were very understanding of me through this bar prep period, and hopefully this is the last time that you know um I have to do do this. But you know they work with me through the bar prep period, and they work with me through um say you know you need time off to take the exam, go for it, and you know. They were just one lovely, wonderful people and lo amazing work comp and family law attorneys. Okay. So now that uh, Rasul has finished his Grammy speech, um, I got out of that, thank you, Sahil. So thank you. All right. Take care, guys. Bye-bye.